and welcome back to Fox 49. I'm down here in the middle of the madness at the Dark Clouds tailgate at the National Sports Center, and I'm meeting here with one of their capos for the game. H hello again, sir. So tell me, how did you get into that line of work at games? Alright, so I joined the DCs in about 2013, and uh, the fact that I go to Seattle just about every winter to... Uh, experience the atmosphere over there. <laughs> uh, I've learned the tricks of the trade, you know, how it really works. And, and really, uh, what it really takes is the ability to know when to ta start talking with an English accent. Uh, that's what they learn. The Seattle fans, they go to Europe every summer and they learn exactly when to start talking with an English accent so that the, the soccer fans in America take you more seriously. This is how I learned in Seattle and that's how I became a capo. <laughs> Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Toughcast by two United fans. This is Notch. And this is Jeff, and as thick as beef stew, it's episode 52. Beef stew? Are you talking about Stu Campbell from uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies? I'm coach? actually talking about uh, Dark Cloud Stuart Sexton. Stuart Sexton? I've not met Stuart. Who says Stuart Sexton? He's, uh, he's one of the guys that uh, is always at the tailgate and at the games with Jake and I. Oh. At the Halloween game, he had a fantastic sailor getup, complete with like the uh -huh. sailor hat and uh, khakis and a blue blazer. It was fantastic. Well, his name is Stuart Sexton, so you make it Stuart Sextant, and then, you know, he's a little yeah. sail, sailing yeah. implement. Okay. Oh. Anyway, uh, yes, the, as, uh, as you can tell from this like terrible joke humor that we're doing, this is a sober podcast because uh, I'm in Seattle. Yep. And uh, I am still in Minneapolis, still kind of. I'm getting over a cold. I. I think we're okay. running into a stretch of about eight straight podcasts where I've been kind of sick or I've uh -huh. had some So one of these days I'll be fully healthy. At this point, I'm like the Frank Lampard of podcasting. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, okay. All right. All right. Th there you go. Just, uh, we're, just, we're just lucky that you're not the Steven Gerrard or else we could right. never be on the same podcast. Together ever again. No. And, and your room is very clean. I'm seeing it on Skype. Uh, you know, you, it I seems mean, like you keep a neat bed wink in fairness you're only seeing from like the bed up you're not seeing any of the floor but you can right. see my united jersey hanging up Every, everything behind the laptop screen is like dead hookers lines of coke heroin needles you know all that good stuff uh yeah you missed the bent spoons but other than that yeah you're about right ah of course okay yeah uh, I'm, I'm i am visiting in seattle so it's it's beautiful outside it's it's actually thursday morning so we're not recording at night which is kind of interesting too. yeah and um I mean, how's how's the weather out there? Because we can't talk about anything involving Minnesota without weather. So it started raining and drizzling here today. So I feel like we took your weather in Seattle. Well, it started raining and drizzling in your minds as well for Minnesotans mm -hmm. because uh, just about an hour or so ago, we heard that uh, Prince passed away. Yep. It's, it's all, unreal, man. All the rain is purple today. It's it's absolutely unreal. I, uh, yeah. I mean, he was only he was fifty seven. Right. And and they haven't announced a cause of death yet, um, but my God, yeah, I was I was talking to uh, Coach Carl Craig this morning, and uh, this was while the team was training, so he hadn't heard yet, and he was just kind of, I mean, he's about fifty, and so just kind of talking about how all these guys that he grew up and followed, you know, musicians and everything, and now they're they're gone, and it's finally to that age, and it's it's unreal. It's it hasn't yeah. really sunk in that he's gone. It's it's gonna be 
days and days of tributes in Minnesota because Prince, I mean, it's hard to kind of really overstate his influence on the Twin Cities being this big name performer who still lived in the cities, showed up and did these secret shows, <laughs> invited people right. over to his place randomly. I mean, he was like a, an enigma, a cultural icon. I mean, uh, so so our hearts go out to everybody in Minnesota today and, um, we, we, you know, all the doves are crying. The rain is all purple and it's kind of sad, man. It's very sad. Very sad. Very sad. Mm-hmm. So uh, with that in mind, let's uh, let's move on to soccer. Let's move on to uh, talking about what we love. What and... You don't want to talk about other people who've died this week? Uh, do you? <laughs> Not really. Let's go on to soccer stuff. Okay. Yeah, so United fans is actually just going to be the uh, the coroner's report. <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's going to be morbid. Um, well, we also have, I mean, lethal killer Eamon Zayed. Yeah. Uh, who, do, who got player of the week, dude. Got player of the week. It's uh, amazing. Go back. If you didn't listen to it in February, we uh, had about an hour-long chat with him. Uh, didn't we budget out like 15 minutes for that interview, and it took an hour? Just and then he's up. just awesome. Tells great yeah. stories the whole time. Just fantastic. So go yeah, please, well worth please, listen. Please check that out. Absolutely yeah. worth listening. Uh, you also see the team of the week from NASL this week, just to give you a preview of what's coming when we talk about games. Uh, Matt Pickens turning into one of the best keepers in the NASL if he wasn't already one of the best. Oh, I think he it's was. The beard. It's yeah, it, it is really the beard. Um, then you got you got in, a few people on Twitter were taking issue with Christian Ramirez's <laughs> inclusion in the... You okay there? Man, when I'm not over there, you're just like killing yourself slowly. Um, I'm a mess without you. Right, exactly. I'll be back soon. But uh, <clears throat> Christian Ramirez is in this lineup, and some people were like kind of taking issue. Um, I think someone just basically looked at the score sheet and saw two goals. All right, put him in. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, pretty much. Might as well have been two goals. I think the thing that I took the bigger issue with is that it's a 3-4-3. Three, three. Right. It's Guardiola-esque. That's the what formation the that, he, that he played in Bayern. Is that? I mean, <laughs> what there's... And and we kind of talked about this. I don't know if we did or just like the soccer Twitter community about how the MLS best eleven last year did not, um, didn't feature a single fullback, and how that seemed <laughs> weird. It was all center backs. I, right. I don't understand. Like I understand you're just like, oh, here are the eleven best players with the kind of fitting position, but I feel I, like it should be a lineup. I think this, these aren't the eleven best players. I think these are the eleven like crowd pleaser lines. You know, like when that DJ goes up, hey, you got any birthdays in the house, guys? It's like same thing. Hey, guys, Christian Ramirez is in the best eleven. Yeah. In fairness, I'm amazed that even the last week, Nico Clown Car uh, got right. an assist and got on the best eleven. He scored this week and he didn't make it. So right, right. That's interesting. The NASL best eleven guy just hates penalties. Like anyone who scores on a penalty is dead to him. Uh, yep. That that's, that's basically it. Uh, not, right. Exactly. Well, he also scored that last minute uh, thing that put them over the cosmos. But we'll get to that. Um, speaking of uh, problems, uh, be in the the ratings this week. Uh, whoops. Uh, they had a Friday night event, Miami versus Jacksonville, that they aired, and four thousand people tuned in. Ouch. <sighs> Uh, it, it's getting worse. Yeah. I think that's the, the the scariest part. It's not even like it's like teetering between seven and ten k, where it's like okay, at least they're holding an audience. They're losing three thousand people a week. Five thousand more people showed up to watch this game in person. One thousand to watch people, Jacksonville. One thousand more people. No, actually, this still had more people watching it on TV than the Cosmo Stadium had. Right. Right. <laughs> Pretty certain that uh, any week. You'll find less than 4K at the Cosmos. Yeah, uh, th- that's going to be the running joke. Every time the Cosmos uh, can't outdraw Bean's 
viewership of NASL. I mean, to be fair, to be in, this was a Friday night game, uh, which is notoriously bad time for for viewership. And right. as we know, NASL fans are rabid club and uh, bar enthusiasts who go out every Friday night. You know, you and I, we're like throwing no back the shots. That's why we record on Thursday because we Friday night it'd just be like, woo, if you recorded tough cast those days. So, yep. so yep. there are things that can explain. Not really. No, there's nothing that can explain this. This needs to go up. No. So This needs to go up or they need to fix it. Well, I guess one way that they're trying to fix it is any game that they have the Cosmos on in the fall might be really interesting right now to an international audience. There's been uh, rumors and shot down rumors and more rumors afterward about Francesco Totti coming to the Cosmos from Roma. There's been a conversation. Which According I... To- yeah, yeah. According to mo- Italian mob boss Gio Savarese, I'm I'm imagining just Francesco Totti waking up. Everybody, like, huh, 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 huh. there's a Hor- horse's, horse's head. head. Yeah. yeah, that's the conversation. Pele <laughs> uh, sends yeah. his regards, like you know. Um, by the way, just just a nitpick for a second. The Cosmos co- mostly won't be on BN because the Cosmos have a contract with OWS. Oh, so even if Mr. Totti comes to to NASL, which would be kind of mind blowing if he actually did, uh, it, wouldn't. He, it wouldn't be. I mean, the, the the like romantic in me wants me to see him retire at Roma, man. Like you can't. No, that's just he scored wrong. two goals in three minutes. Was it yesterday? Two days right. ago. And the commentator, like, you just. I mean, I didn't hear, understand a word he's saying in Italian, but like you need to hear it. I mean, that that amount of emotion, you can't have him put on another jersey, man. Like. He needs to retire one club, man. That's like Ryan Giggs coming and playing for FC Dallas. Like, you can't... No. <laughs> That's wrong. It just feels wrong. It really uh, does. Right. And so, really we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll follow the story as it happens. Oh, well, we'll keep you up to date. Don't you worry about it. Um, the striker signed the World Cup veteran, Ramon Munez, out of Honduras, who was yeah. on the 2010 team, but not the 2014, I think I saw. Yeah, he's, he's played all three games in 2013, or 2010, and in 2013, he was the MVP of the Copa Centro America. So, guys had kind of a, a bit of success on the international level. He also has played in MLS with FC Dallas, USL, uh, with the Dallas Reserves. He's kind of bounced around the English Premier League for a couple of years. He notably played for Leeds United for a little while. And also with uh, this team called Olympia in Honduras, where he did quite well. It just seems like a Johnny Steel-esque career trajectory. Uh, That's just... not good. That's <laughs> not good. So basically, you know, uh, jerseys on discount by, uh, uh, by the fall. Just an update on Johnny Steel while we've got the topic going. Uh-huh. Uh, did you take a look at the scarf mock-up that I started? I had, had a 20-hour uh, day yesterday, and I did not have a chance to see the email that you sent me because I've been awake for about two hours so far. That's not uh, an excuse. But I did see the email that you sent, so I'm pulling it up okay. right now. You keep talking, and I'll, I'll go okay. take a look. So uh, we've gotten a, some feedback that the, the scarf uh, for Johnny Steele, the split scarf, uh-huh. uh, seems like a good idea, at least. Okay. So I've uh, last night it was a really slow night at work, and so I did a very cheap, almost Microsoft Paint-worthy job of mocking up a scarf. Um, with his mug on it. <laughs> did you just pull it up? I did. I did okay. just pull it up. Uh, Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty simple. Uh, Pretty yeah, yeah. We 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 we'll run with this idea. This is hilarious. Okay. And then yeah, on the back of it, it would say Johnny Steele, the one true captain, sixty percent off. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I need to talk to some Ottawa supporters about this because they might want to get in on this. This sounds yeah, like they, they really might. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll let's talk to our Ottawa podcast friends too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, your your brother's kicking butt on the RNASL soccer pick'em contest, man. That's kind so of I ridiculous. Didn't... I didn't realize actually <laughs> uh as I as I made my picks for the week I consulted the uh the the grandmaster Jake uh-huh. um, a little bit so I, I think I have a couple of games I can catch up to you on after last week us matching every single pick um yeah so I didn't realize uh for a couple of years now we've been a part of an MLS you pick 3 pool so he's uh he's used to the kind of pick them scene and uh Reddit's NASL subreddit has been starting a pickup thing i didn't realize how they scored it until a couple days ago so uh if you get the result wrong you gain three points you don't want points it's like golf um Mm. i guess it's like golf and uh so if you if you get the wrong result three points off and for every goal you are off in the final score you have another one and I guess Jake set an all-time record with eight points last week of the five games. Ooh. So, uh, good work, man. Happy yeah, work. there you go. There you go, Jake. Congratulations. If you want to, um, when I'm losing later on in our thing over here, if you want to take over picks for me, please. please. I might, I might sign him to a contract. He might, you uh, know, exclusivity. A non-complete, a non-compete clause. Yeah. San Francisco City FC, the uh, I think the NPSL team that's in San Francisco, targets a pro league move in one to two years per uh, uh, news report uh this is troubling because they play in kazar stadium the same place that the delta 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 play in so uh, this could mm-hmm. be intriguing uh at the very least now you who... don't want to see two san francisco nasl teams right i would imagine more that san francisco city would like go the usl route so so it could be yeah i mean it could be interesting right like the rivalry and all of that on the other hand we're yet to even see the deltas actually play a game so who knows what their attendance or support will be like so uh, this is one of those things that we we keep an eye on and and see where it goes Uh, it seems like everybody wants to like talk about going pro going mls cincinnati's like they play like two games and they're like we're we're gonna go mls soon and they've been like calling don garber and leaving little love notes according to his ap press conference this morning so who knows man who knows we'll see uh celtic fc there was a celtic rumor site that has said that there are persistent rumors that a celtic NASL squad is in the works and that one of their uh, managers, their chief executive, Peter Lowell, is overseeing the the launch here in the United States. We don't exactly know where it's going to be. Apparently, one of those official Celtic accounts was like poo-pooing uh, rumors about, I think, what was it? Which cities? Like Boston, New York, Boston a couple of those. seems the most likely. Yeah. Yes. Boston Celtic. Right, right. Sign me up. Yeah. yeah, Arthur Blank's gonna be on the phone to us, being like, "What the hell? No, this is wrong." <laughs> so anyway, we, yeah. we might see a Celtic team. Um, finally, I just wanted to get to an article that was published in the Guardian about referees, and you know, NASL and USL referees get a lot of stick. God knows, MLS has been getting tons of referee stick uh, earlier <laughs> this year, right? Yeah. And and so there was this article written by. Uh, I think a former referee or at least a reporter saying basically how talking about the Leicester City referee controversy where I think it was the John Moss the referee was just pilloried in the press for sending off Jamie Vardy for a second red inconsistent calls all this stuff and and the point of this article is essentially saying 
the way we treat our referees today is bringing people turning people away from the profession and it's simply too much it's embarrassing how many people and former players and former referees are coming out and and criticizing people who are in the moment who are being shouted at by 40,000 people whose every mistake like imagine you Jeff you make a mistake at work and suddenly 40,000 people are screaming at you no that happens and right yeah that actually does happen yeah atomic is a very different place than I thought it was apparently Yep. Atomic is more about the atmosphere, less about, I don't know, atoms. Right. That's a joke. I love my job. Keep going. <laughs> no, so, 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 yeah, so, so, yeah, it's, it's tough. And, and you, your performance is analyzed in the press. And unlike a player, a referee doesn't have buddies. He doesn't have a team. He doesn't have a manager patting him on the back and saying, good job, lad. You'll be fine tomorrow. You don't have any of that support. You're just the enemy for everybody. And, and the the other difference, I mean, to play off of that, I mean, players also have next week to, like, have retribution. You know, right. they, they go in and it's like, oh, uh, Fernando Torres misses every single shot ever, but one week he will put one in in the Champions League semifinals. And suddenly everyone's like, oh, we knew he was great. But right. you're not going to see people be like, oh, Mark Geiger made this shit call against the Revolution, but next week he redeemed himself with a very solid game for New right. York City. That never happens. And, ever. and this is not to say that the referees aren't making more questionable calls in NASL than we would prefer. But I guess this is just keep a little bit of perspective. When we when we bitch about referees, we need to keep a little bit of perspective saying these guys have a really hard job and more importantly, there isn't anybody else. And if we if we write kind of drive them out of the profession who the heck is gonna uh help them out so and in fairness i mean even if they blow five six major calls in a game which is an awful display in theory they've still made over 90 percent of the calls right yeah exactly so perspective that's a pretty good average it's perspective you're right so let's move on to the matches, Jeff, because there were matches. We were at one. Finally, finally, after two weeks of waiting, we got to actually go out and stand on grass on a beautiful day with 9,048 of our favorite friends in That's soccer true. Yeah. Uh, at, at the National Sports Center. And, and it was perfect. Including, including Stuart Sexton. He was there. Ah, Stuart Sexton. Yeah, okay. He, was, yep, he, was you, nav- he navigated his way through the stadium through rough waters. I'm glad. He did. Yep, Sailor he Man out. Sexton. Uh, three three nil. We predicted it right, both of us did, because last week all our predictions were exactly the same. So uh, this was beautiful. It was a great, great way to start the home season for Minnesota United. Yeah, uh, it was never in doubt. There wasn't uh, there wasn't ever a moment where I felt like the result was possibly going to fall. I mean, after they scored the first goal, we've had this nice little streak where United has scored first in all three games. And uh, in two of them, they've won. So it's it's really nice. They they weren't doing that last year. So mm-hmm. they're really getting up in the attack right away, which is fantastic. This one actually took about forty minutes, and then um, there were there were a couple of false starts. There was one near goal that Ben Spees scored, but then was called back for being offside. Uh, and it, he was offside. It was about three yards yeah. off. So that was a good call. And uh, yeah, overall. Um, then there were uh, a couple of corner kicks that were curled in and then just saved, headed away, whatever. And then finally in the 40th minute, Ben Spees curls in and in swing and corner kick and meets the the beautifully gracious Jamaican forehead of Damian Lowe. Are, are, you like, are you like uh, auditioning for uh, Chris Lindholm's job right now? Like, Please sign me. 
please. That's a very, very evocative description I, of that I, goal. Man, I don't know if I could do Chris Lidholm's job. I really don't. I, I can't. So I, I couldn't do it. I, I like I'd actually want to be able to sit and watch even just five minutes. I would want to just be like, okay, but let's yeah. see what's going on, rather than just talking about it. So props to you, Chris. I couldn't do it. Well, job. Chris and Alan are just wonderful to listen to in general. I find that they're yeah. they're very very their analysis is on point, but they're also like on top of the action, and you don't have to think. Uh, we'll get to some commentators in one of the later games that I, I have a little bit of beef with, and to say that I've never been mad at Chris and Alan is like that's amazing. Like I I don't have that experience everywhere anyway getting back to the game i just want to point out one thing you've mentioned ben spees twice now i think he's going to be the big story this year man like he is going to be the big revelation we were, ta- we were talking about minnesota united signing lance lang we we're talking about them signing pino they got a lot of press in nasl obviously because they've done stuff last year and for years past ben spees i think has been this guy last three games who's i think been one of the best players on the pitch he's and been doing amazing work for us two goals last game assist you know it's He's phenomenal to watch. Yeah, he uh, he really plugs in as that number ten, and yeah. uh, I mean it, it, it's a perfect fit there. Which which then really means where does Pino fit? Because um, I actually don't have a problem with Danny Cruz starting at all. You know, and no. and I think some people are saying like, oh, Pino would be on the right wing, but Cruz being on the right side really helps shore up between his aggression and the fact that he doesn't mind going back on defense. Really shores up that right side because. I don't think Kevin Venegas is a right back. Where would you play him? Uh, right wing, honestly. I'd push him mm. up because in the last game, I was I, every week I go back and Northern Pitch does a community match rating option. And so I go back and I, uh, I post what the average rating was for every player and then I'll write a few sentences about each player's game. And so I was looking back at the stats as a part of that. Venegas had zero tackles and zero clearances in the entire game yesterday, or on Saturday. Mm-hmm. That's not a defender. And I mean, we saw, what was it, two games ago that Damian Lowe was being pulled a little bit behind Vanegas? No, that's ev- that's every game he's right. played so far. He's been over there, and Jeb Brofsky has been over there as well, and Danny Cruz's average position is only about five yards further up the field than mm-hmm. Kevin Vanegas is right now. I yeah. don't think he's right back. No, I, th- I think that's a valid point, and I think I would. I- I'm happy to see him go up front and attack more. Like that, that is something that I'm a okay with him doing in games. It's just a question of now is that leaving a hole somewhere else? Um, one thing I also was really impressed was back and forth between Lance Lang and, and Justin Davis on the left hand yeah, side. Yeah. Like the two of them really seem to be getting in control. Whether there are now more of those fluid things where La- Lang seems to know where Davis is without having to kind of think about it. And so they just have this interplay that's really beautiful. And you saw that actually on the third goal uh, where or was it right before that where the two of them had this like great link up in the in the attacking third. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun to watch. I, I also I want to put in an official proposal. I don't know if Edmonton fans had tried this before. I want Lance Lang to be referred to as Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Why? You don't know Clubber Lang? No, Bring man. in the paint? Uh, he oh. was Mr. T's character in Rocky Three. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I nice. think it it fits perfectly. So Clubber Lang, I'm 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 gonna try to coin it. We'll see how it goes. Uh, I, I pity the fool who doesn't use Clubber Lang from now. Thank on. you, thank, thank you. Yeah, you get yeah. it. Um, so so, the, so we should talk about the two other goals. Christian Ramirez had a <laughs> just the funniest goal in the world. He goes to like basically uh, reach this 
a high ball that's coming down the two Fort Lauderdale defenders around him and then he sees the goalkeeper coming so he doesn't jump for it he just stays down the goalkeeper kind of tries to awkwardly reach over him and the ball what happens is the goalkeeper goes past the ball falls between Christian and the goal with nothing else between them at all and it was beautiful just easy knock-in that was like a, a peak Tom Heineman style goal. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. The Wolfman. I mean, a couple of fans were like afraid in the crowd of being eaten just because they're like, "Oh, that's Tom." No, it's not. It's yeah. Shit. No, it's not. Don't you worry. He has much better hair. The um, the, the final goal, I think it was Spees who sent the ball over to Lang. Lang whips in just this perfect cross in a half second, gets to Christian's head, which it hits the side of his head, hits Zapata, uh, and and goes into the goal for an own goal. Another kind of like fluky, fluky hit. But kind of like we'll the story it. of the strikers' first three games so far. I've got to say, uh, I mean, before the season, we that was the team that we disagreed about the most. I had them in eleventh. You had them in fifth. Uh huh. Um, you still think they're going to get fifth in the spring? I'm holding out hope that they come together and manage to make it work. I, I was surprised by their lineup this week. Actually, I was surprised to see all of the people that they. There, there aren't a lot of returning players in, um, in their squad as we talked about already. But I just don't, I, I, I didn't think that they put out their best eleven this week. Let me just put it that way. And um, there's always a problem when Jason Mora is starting. <laughs> Let's put it and that way. Yeah. Right. Well, and and yeah, I mean, he's now earned two red cards at uh, Nessie. Um, this one. I think it was for the violent conduct. A lot of people said that the actual foul on Jeb Brodsky that he that he that the play stopped for was really light, and I agree. Like it was just basically him coming in the way of Brodsky. I think it was the fact that his legs kind of went around and landed on top of Jeb, which then Jeb got really mad at. I think that's yeah. what he got sent off for, and that's a fifty-fifty man. When you when you're when you kind of lash out a little bit, even if it's a really light one, uh, and don't stop yourself, sometimes the ref's gonna see that and say you're off, and so he was. Well, I think he just wanted to be like Beckham, you know. If you, if right. when you're on the ground, and you kick. I mean, that's that's what it meant to bend it like Beckham, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it was really yeah. that was really uh, unfortunate for the strikers because they weren't even building momentum yet. But having eleven guys makes it a lot easier to get into a game like that. And they just, yeah, they, yeah, they're trying. They're still trending downward. I think um, we'll see what Ramon Nunez can do. There was. Uh, I would say that we had we had more chances that it could have been much worse for the strikers. So so they mm-hmm. need to take a look and and they, I think they have some decent parts and if they can make them work, it it'll be good. If they don't, it's going to be bad news bears. And one of the things that they did this week as an organization was that they had their CEO uh, either step down or he was moved down. Um, he's going to re- Sean Garen. He's going to remain with the team in a kind of outreach and advisory capacity. And one of the most interesting pieces of this release was this following sentence. Finding a fan-friendly and community-oriented solution to the strikers' current stadium situation is a major focus of the organization's energy, and Guerin will play a leading role in facilitating a resolution. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about attendance? Are we talking about a new stadium, a different place to play? What, I what's think they've talked about either a sweeping overhaul of Lockhart or moving it entirely. So is yeah, it, is it Lockhart though that's that's making only like two thousand people show up? Is is it is it the no. stadium facilities, right, or is it something right. else? Yeah, I, I mean, I would argue something else, and it sounds like you would as well. But hey, I mean, like you know that if you have a crap team but a shiny new stadium, people will still show up for a year or two just because of that, and it buys you some time. So, but if you have a crap team and a crap stadium, like a Yankee Stadium, people just showed up. 
I guess yeah. you I guess you need an Englishman to like come in and sit on the sidelines for an entire year. Uh, yeah. Tampa Bay Rowdies versus FC Edmonton uh, ended with one nil to the Rowdies off a Wolfman header. Uh, in the 79th minute, I think it was. But I think the story is less about Heinemann scoring and more about the two goalies in this one, man. They were phenomenal. They were solid. That was a very solid goalkeeping game. Matt Van Ockel oh. and Matt Pickens. Incredible. Two Matts. Matts, yep. Oh. I uh, I can't think of a good pun for that. But yeah, they were very solid. Um, yeah. Just, there were some really good chances and uh, a lot of really good saves made, too. We yeah. had the the big one to talk about is the fact that the Eddies got a handball penalty in the stoppage time. And they were, I mean, in the first half, I'd say the Eddies looked a little bit better. They were attacking. There were some chances. Matt Pickens kept Tampa in the game, basically. Uh, there were a couple of moments where Al-Hassan had a bit of an impact on this game, too. Um, and it's... The, the first half was definitely more exciting, I would say. The second half, kind of, until Heinemann's goal was a little scrappier. And... So the Eddies get this like handball off. Uh, I think it was Neil Collins. Neil is his first name. The new guy who joined yeah, the Rowdies. Yeah, two else, I think. Yeah. And and this was like heartbreaking. I'm sure for everybody to see one nil up for the Rowdies and they get a concede penalty. Well, Matt begins to the rescue, saves it. Incredible. Ninety sixth minute, man. And Tommy Abiobi is like a professional. You know, he's right. he's been doing this for years. So it's a it was it was kind of shocking that it was such a poorly taken penalty. So. Right. Yeah, Tampa Bay walks out with a win and gets some much-needed momentum. 4,400 in the stands, which, not bad, not bad. Not a sellout, but not bad. Still better than BN. Right. Also better than BN, Carolina against Ottawa, who had 4,208 people. Uh, not bad. Not bad. I, I noticed a news article, basically, where Steve Malik, the um, new owner of the, the Railhawks, said that they have 10 times the advertising budget this year than they did previously. Well, they weren't drawing 400 people last year, so right. uh, they need to <laughs> find a better way to allocate that. And with with Ottawa, it came down to them playing better. Ottawa, when they were at the title challenge, they started selling out TD Place, and maybe maybe that's what happened with the Real Hawks. You know, you never know. Um, certainly, one thing that I, as a fan, sometimes am able to really celebrate is a terrific goal. You can take it to your friends and be like, "All right, guys, come to the game. This is this is the kind of stuff you see." And T. Shapalani gave every Railhawks fan that opportunity. If you haven't watched this goal, go see it. Two minutes into the second half, he gets uh, he, he kind of makes a run from the sideline and Nas Badavi just kind of has a, has a momentary assist. It's, it's not very strong. But Shipalani runs with the ball and just knocks a nice, beautiful curling shot to the top left corner. I mean, incredible. This is the kind of goal that you... If you see it live from the right angle, you'd remember for the rest of your life. It's no that doubt. good. By far the best non-Minnesota goal of the year so far. Yeah. Um, and and now Shipalani has had two of these kind of awesome long-range goals. So Yeah. Yeah, no, they're they're really we talked about this in the offseason, but they're really fortunate to have locked him up to a multi-year deal. Yeah. Um just a fantastic guy to have in their midfield. Um Carolina yeah, coach was, uh Sorry to interrupt. Colin Clark was absent because he was at a funeral. So he wasn't on the yeah. sideline. It was one of their assistants. But what were you going to say, Jeff? Uh, not a whole lot, man. <laughs> I don't know. It was uh, Ottawa. They had a couple of chances. They really did. But, man, they're flat. You know, and we, yeah, it's what we expected. But, wow, they're flat. Yeah, Jamal Pazer, he had 
a, a couple of moments where he kept the fury in the game. Basically, there was one Matt Watson shot in particular that was kind of um, particularly impressive. I'll also note that um, Carolina continues to just come out of the gate looking really strong. You know, you saw that against Rio. You saw that against us. In the first half of this game, they just looked like the better team, more attacking. And so so that was really impressive to me. Also, worth noting, by the way, it's something that I didn't see. Their win against Rio was their first away win since May 2015. Their first road win in 10 attempts. Wow. That's incredible. That, that just that puts their collapse cool. last year into perspective, you know? Yeah, I mean, it explains a lot. Yeah. It certainly does, but... I yeah, Carolina's looking really good this year. True. Uh, yeah, I mean, feeling good about our pick. Feeling really good about our pick. Totally. Let's uh, let's take a break at this point, and uh, we'll be right back. And we're back. Notch is in Seattle, and he's uh, you don't look sleepless. Actually, it looks like you might have gotten some rest. I actually was very sleepless, dude. I was awake since like 2 a.m. Seattle time, basically, because I was an idiot and I didn't pack well and my flight was really early, so I didn't get much sleep in Minnesota. And then I came here and had to work until like 9 o'clock at night. So this last night, I when I woke up, it was like deep, deep sleep. And I woke up definitely thinking like, where am I? Am I in Seattle? Oh, yeah, okay, this this is right. I am, I am <laughs> in know, Seattle. What's this dead horse's head doing? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't uh, we haven't talked about your irrational love of Meg Ryan lately. So uh, here you right. go. Uh, I, I did watch Courage Under Fire recently, the one, the war Ooh. movie uh, with Denzel Washington. Uh uh-huh. It's kind of the uh, the the version. What's that story where they show a, a a criminal case from the perspective of many different people, and everyone adds another like version? Was it like not? Is it Seven Samurai? I forget. I think it's, it's a Kurosawa movie. Yeah. So that's what Courage Shoot. Under Fire is. You see okay. a helicopter crash from the perspective of three different soldiers, and Megran is amazing from every single perspective because she is well, incapable of being anything other than wonderful in America's Sweetheart. Right. Okay, yeah, uh, another America's Sweethearts this week in the NASL, though, were Indy 11. Us. <laughs> no, no, it was us for picking Indy 11 and being right. We're geniuses, <laughs> and we are America's Sweethearts. You and me. Indy 11 has tied Cosmos six times going into this game, and now they've won once. Uh, whatever Indy has on Gio Savarese and Pelé, uh, it's got to be really, really bad stuff. Like, we were joking last year about them having, like, Savarese nudes. It's probably, yeah, like, right. they, they own the, like, Savar- they found, like, Savarese's name in the Panama Papers and, like, covered it up and were like, if you don't help us, we will expose you to the world. Like, that. that's... Because now they've defeated them. 2-1. 2-1, dude. Fantastic stuff. Oh, ah, incredible. So and, and the Cosmos, so you know, honestly, they were not the better team on the day either. No. I mean, they, they looked like they were going to walk out of Indy with a win. Yeah, up because until- of a penalty. Yeah, up until the 89th minute where the penalty was called, and then he kicked it in the 90th. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Nico Kranchar, like we alluded to earlier, scored his first goal from the penalty spot. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you see the, the penalty call, the kind of slide? I, I did. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's always a tough one, right, when you award a penalty when there hasn't been anything on the board. But, like, I don't think, particularly yes. given how the game went, I don't think you, you're going to be able to say, like, that was a... Uh, unexpected moment kind of bummer for indy but not something where i'd say like 
it did go against what had happened up to that point in the game, though, which is Indy had started out really strong in the first half. Um, they, they were just the more attacking squad. They, they were not as good in the box, I would say, but out wide, they were doing really good work. Like Duke Lacroix in particular was really fast and threatening throughout the whole game. And that was really impressive to see because I, I had never really previously rated him as well. And no, I mean, I, Lacroix has been growing on me lately. I particularly prefer the lime flavor uh, <laughs> because it's... <laughs> Yeah, I like it. I mean, it tastes like a gin and tonic without the fun. Like, there's, there's no. But I mean, like, you put a little lime in there. Have you, have you put lacroix in gin? Actually, a gin and lacroix and had it. Yeah, it's better than tonic. Really? It's better than tonic because it's just so crisp. Okay. I, I prefer it. There's no syrup okay. to it. Maybe next week, let's we'll do. We'll drink yeah, we'll, gin we'll, and lacroix. We'll, we'll, yeah, all right. Let's, let's, do, let's do that. Um, uh, those, right. the first half, there was a nice long range shot by Dylan Mares, uh, which Kyle Zobeck stopped. Which, by the way, Kyle Zobeck was playing in goal for New York Cosmos because Jimmy Maurer had a child. Well, his wife had a child, but he's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Congratulations, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, congrats. I, I hope your hips are healed for the next game. Uh, anyway, uh, no, no. I, I hope that you aren't able to play in the next game because I be right. down with you missing another week in paternity duty stay with the kids stay with the wife jimmy yeah um, yeah uh in yeah. in indy had a, a goal uh disallowed uh with justin braun who also played pretty well guy with a little ponytail he he uh, had there was there was um a goal disallowed just barely offside basically but the immediate next play essentially was the one where clarence Shaw's penalty got called uh greg janicki went in from behind with a slight tackle on sebastian guanzari and it should have probably been a red. Uh, you yeah. don't do a, a slide tackle from behind in the box. That's that's kind of stupid. But uh, so so no complaints as I was saying for for indie fans. They just can't complain about that one. It was clean penalty. Nope, not at all. And uh, I mean they certainly won't complain with the result either. Um, yeah, just overall uh, it was a, a very chippy game for the most part. There was a little bit of spacing, some decent play, but it was very aggressive. Um, very close game, actually. I was kind of surprised with that. I haven't gone back and seen if Nemanja Vukovic is injured for good because he he was he had to hop out of the game in the 72nd minute. He, like immediately pulled his boot out after after getting hurt. It was non-contact injury, and that that's gonna hurt them. He scored a, earlier uh, the previous game, so hopefully he's able to come back for them because otherwise they're gonna be missing one of their better players this year. Really solid guy. And, yep, and uh, congrats again to uh, Eamon Zayed. We talked about it before, but uh, man, it, it was fun to watch Indy just go nuts, and it wasn't at the loss of Minnesota because that's the only other time I've seen them this excited. Seriously, the the Brickyard Battalion, I talked to one of their guys, and he said it's like his favorite moment in his soccer-watching life uh, to, to see that, that goal going. Which, by the way, I just want to say, so Indy equalized on that penalty we were talking about, and right afterwards, there was Justin Brown almost put a goal in, and the OWS commentator said, uh, that would be heartbreak city for the Cosmos if that went in. Well, about it that. Eamon <laughs> Zayed coming in and putting the goal game away. Beautiful goal, uh, if, if a little chippy. But um, Indy also signed a guy this week, or literally like two hours ago. Uh, they signed Owain Omar Gordon on loan from Montego Bay United in the Jamaican Red Stripe Premier League. That's like the best name for a, a league, in my opinion. That's beautiful. Yeah, I like that. that. That would be like the NASL Hams oh, pro soccer. Be still my heart. Be still I, my heart. I'd love it. Right. I would love. Oh. So Omar is a 24 year old attacker. He's got lots of goals in Jamaica. He's the leading goal scorer in the league last year. So maybe he can he can do a job uh, for Indy. 
maybe. Uh, and then heading down to scenic Florida, uh, we had Jacksonville against Miami. We both picked Miami, and we were both wrong. It was Jacksonville 2-1. to one. Tony Miola's first win came in front of 5,112 people, which is dis, dis, as uh, you would put it. Is, yeah, dis. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I yeah. This was uh, this was a game that was kind of tough to watch, especially the second yeah. half. The second half was really tough to stay in. Well, this game for me was tough to watch in general because uh, I went back trying to find it and, and it was already off the DVR on OWS and then the atrocious highlights that were posted. I mean, they're truly atrocious. I don't think there was a single shot from like the normal television angle that you watch a game. They're all like those weird artsy shots from behind the goal, from like from the opposite side corner, and like. It's... And it would have been one thing if it was consistent and steady with these artful shots. No, atrocious. It was miserable. And by the way, Armada haven't even posted the highlights to their official channel. There's like a bunch of like report from training, this and that. It's like, dude, just post. A freaking highlight reel to your you official won. channel. And that's the thing. They, right. it, it would, one thing was like, we lost 18 to nothing. But they won. <laughs> won. Um, in fairness, they did win because of an absolute howler by Mario Vega. Right. Yeah, that uh, was... It went under his armpit, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, it wasn't even, like, misdirected. Because I thought that that's what it was. But, uh, yeah, the shot came in, and he dove. It was near side to him, too, so it was even close. Like, he has no excuse. And it just tried to put an arm out, went right under his armpit, and just yeah. lazily rolled its way in. Pascal Million scored that one. The two other goals were scored by Junior Sandoval. I always love when soccer players named Junior. It's a funny name to me. And then Switanich, Sisonich, Svetanich, whatever his uh, name is. Uh, yeah, we better learn how to say his name because he might win the Golden Boot this year because I don't think anyone else has scored for Miami yet. <laughs> get uh, get Pablo in. So uh, enough about that game. Um, Puerto Rico FC remains uh, out there. Hello? Is anybody there? Anyway. Uh, they, That's close. Right. I, I don't actually know that song very well. But Puerto Rico FC is out there somewhere is. doing something. Some guy in an office is signing documents for them. I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. So next week, we've got some games coming up, Jeff. We uh, are making predictions. And uh, the first prediction, we both we both made the same prediction. Indy 11 is playing their egos now that they've defeated the Cosmos. Yeah. I, uh, I th- I, I'm picking the egos on this one, at least for a week. Um, I, I think they should indulge their egos. I think their egos have deserved Leicester City's pizza party. Uh, Leicester go every time they win, so I think I think I think Indy's egos can enjoy that for a week. Do you think Leicester City goes to like the British Chuck E. Cheese, which would be like, <laughs> like I don't know, Charles M. Crumpets or something? They just go to Charles M. Crumpets Charles and get some pizza. <laughs> there, we've lost all our British viewers now with our vagrant stereotyping. Uh, <laughs> Miami is going to play the Republic of Korea, uh, RyoKC. Next next week, who who do you have on on this one, Jeff? I'm going home team. I'm going Miami. Seriously? Yep, 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 yep. I'm trying not to talk myself out of this one. Okay. Um, let me guess. You have Ryo. I do have Ryo. We defer. Yay! Yeah, good. At least one this week. Yeah. Um, I, I especially if Pablo plays, that'd be nice. But uh, yeah, they've they've looked better than I thought they would. Miami has. So, I, I yeah. say the same thing about Ryo. 
<laughs> so, uh, next one is uh, Fort Lauderdale Derby Three. Uh, this is the, was there a Speed Three? Like, if there was a Speed Three, it would just be you know they did the 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 bus, they did the boat. This the is boat. the match that uh, happens in an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. The plane, okay. but with the plane, you have to go. You can't go above a certain speed, so you got to prevent the plane from stalling. But you can't go. <laughs> so uh, that—that's what this game is gonna be maybe like. It's, maybe it's a helicopter, actually, and so you have to make sure you control it to land, and so it's less speed and more precision. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So, I've got Jacksonville. Yeah, me too. I, I didn't see anything from Fort Lauderdale that made me think that they're gonna be close for a while here. Yeah. I mean, this could be the one where they turn it all around and prove the critics wrong. And I'm I'm pumping my arm as I say this with the with the sarcastic look <laughs> on my face. So uh, we we'll see. Uh, Jason Mora not being present will be a huge loss for Fort Lauderdale. That's detrimental. Which is, yeah, this is why we've both picked Jacksonville. Uh, Tampa Bay versus Carolina. No surprise, Carolina. I mean, you know, we're 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 nothing if not. Actually, are you gonna do this? You're gonna do this? You're gonna do this? I'm going to do this. We're going Tampa. No, buddy. Okay. Well, we're going I, this Tampa. is good for me. Uh, I, it's probably good for you. All right, switch I it up to... in the notes, my friend. Switch it up in the notes. Right now. I I mean, first off, I need to be a Rowdies fan uh, this week. Um, Why? In order for Minnesota to win the spring, Carolina has to lose at some point. So, uh, fuck it. Yep, we're going this week. This is the week. Tampa, Wolf, Wolfman helps Tampa. you out. Wolfman is hitting his stride. He got his first taste of blood, and he wants more. Uh, is Schmetti Schmidu going to be playing soon? Actually, that's that's a good point you brought that up. Stu Campbell actually put out a quote about how Freddie just isn't where the team needs him and all this other stuff, and I just feel horrible for Freddie, man. I can't... Everything I heard about out of him last year, and, and you know, we were talking about him in the preseason with that interview that he did, sounds like he's working hard now, and now he's in, in Stu Campbell's kind of doghouse, and I... That's, that's so sad, man. I, I Thomas Rongen is now kind of I think one of the color analysts for Fort Lauderdale or something like that. They need to they need to get Freddie out of Tampa Bay and over to to a team where he can actually to Minnesota. play. Minnesota, to Minnesota, because <laughs> we need another attacking player. We need another ten. You bet. Right. Um, speaking of Minnesota, uh, Minnesota versus the Cosmos. Let's pick this one last, actually. Uh, and so then that moves us to the Canadian Caper. Right. For FC Edmonton versus Ottawa Fury, um, I picked Ottawa, dude, because I I've been, I was impressed with what I saw of them last week, and I think Edmonton are going to be a super attacking squad, but that's also what Indy was, and uh, the Fury were able to hold uh, Indy off for a while. I've got Edmonton. I just I also haven't seen anything out of Ottawa that makes me think that they're ready to really compete. Um, Van Okel has looked pretty solid, especially the last couple of weeks. He's looked okay. Um, the the I think Tony Amiobi is going to be hungry to redeem himself after missing that PK. So, yeah, I've got Edmonton at home. When in doubt, pick the home team, man. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see, man. This might be the last week of my reign in leading this competition. Um, we, we did also both. We were homers with our Minnesota versus Cosmos pick. Uh, I this is this the day that it actually happens? We got our first win against the Cosmos, Jeff. Do you, in your heart of hearts, believe it? It'd be that it'd be sad that you wouldn't be there, man. I yeah, I'm, I'm actually probably not gonna be able to watch this game either because of a work commitment uh, until the next morning. So I'm gonna be yeah. avoiding Twitter for a while. All right, I won't send you any drunk messages then. 
You actually, which is a really funny thing. So I, I capo at games. I think I mentioned this on the pod before. And I was like capoing to, to the well, last, last 20 minutes of the game. And then I get like a nice like rub of the head as someone walks by me. And like, and, and I forget what you said, but you just like stop me. You seem so happy, so content with life. And I just wanted to be like, oh, Jeff, you're I so happy. Game. I it's miss so game good. And I think at halftime, I also came up and wrapped my arms around you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Behind you. Yeah. It was, it, was great. it was a beautiful moment. Uh, I bet everyone was taking photographs and being like, those are our wonderful podcast co-hosts. Look at that. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we hope, we hope Minnesota United does pull this through and we're not just being homers. I do think, actually, Cosmos coming off a loss, away from home, blah de blah de blah uh, I, th- I think we've got the courage to do this. To pull and it I think finally. it's a more solid squad. It's a more, co- more cohesive squad this year than we were at any point last year, too. So, right. Uh, I think it logically there is a chance. This is probably definitely the closest, if not the, the the best chance Minnesota has had yet. So yeah. So with that, we brings another wonderful episode of Tough Gust across an entire continent this time to a close. Um, we are as always on Twitter. Where are you, Jeff? I am at J E F F R U E T E R. And of course, I'm at Lockstock Spock and also at TWO United Fans, where you can find all of our ruminations and things. We've been a little quiet on Twitter this week, uh, mostly because of travel and such, but we will we'll ramp things up again. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher. We're trying to get on uh, Google Play Podcasts at the moment. I just need to do a few tweaks to our RSS feed before that can happen. Thanks, Andrew, nice. for, the sh- for, for telling me about that. But have a great rest of your day, everybody. See you next week. <laughs>